Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to jump into uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Um, we got a couple of opening scriptures, but this one is to give, give a quick over, overview that we discussed on Sunday. But this said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, it said, but he said to me, he said, my grace, everybody say grace. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Everybody say weakness. He said, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast. Now, this is Paul speaking. He said, therefore, now I will boast all more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power. Now, everybody say power. So Christ's power may rest on me. Come on, who's thankful for the power of Christ on the inside of us? that empowers us with that thought in mind let's jump now to Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 we're going to talk about Jonah a little bit tonight uh, but in Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 it says this it said the Lord gave this message to Jonah son of Amittai get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Has anybody ever done that? Like, you know God is telling you to go one way, but you're like, God, I see where you're taking, but I know where I want to go. And you just go in the opposite direction of the Lord. This is where Jonah's at. So, so he, it says he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went aboard hoping to escape. Everybody say escape hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Here's the thought for tonight, what we're going to go deeper in. Uh, the title is this, Out of Place, But Under Grace. Out of Place, But Under Grace. Come on, let's just pray over this sermon tonight. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. God, we thank you right now that your presence, God, has already fallen so strongly tonight that we put all things aside. God, right now, if there's any thoughts, God, of stress, anxiety, whatever barriers, whatever strongholds, God, remove those right now. Let us be good ground, God, for your word to be sown so that way we can see fruit of it, Father, and that we're going to see breakthroughs, that we're going to see transformations, that we're going to see some strongholds of the mind be broken tonight and understand that your grace is all we need and that we just follow after you and that you will lead us into the path God that you have called us to go Father. so we give you all the glory and the praise tonight and everybody says amen amen come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight you can be seated you can be seated thank you for standing in honor of reading God's word so you may or may not have known or know uh, but Haley and I officially announced on Monday that we are expecting baby number two it's on the way we are super excited, family's growing, and I know, hey, Riverside Church is going to grow one way or another, right? We're going to whatever we have to do, and so um, we're, ex we're excited for baby number two, and um, I just can't wait to, as our family grows and the adventures that we're going to go on, uh, but if there's one thing I've learned about parenting is that it will push you out of your routine. Parenting will push you out of your normal schedule. Parenting will push you outside of your comfort zone, right? Now, if there's something that I've learned about God's 
will and plan for your life is that whenever, similar to parenting, God's will will push you out of your routine. God's will push you outside of your schedule. And God's will will push you outside of your comfort zone. And ha have you ever been, like, frustrated by that sometimes? You've been like, God, can your will just be where I want it? Like, why, why does your will have to lead me to places that are outside of my capabilities or outside of my comfort zone? Why, why does it always seem, God, you're leading me down a path where I can't rely on my own strength, right? But that's really the key thing about God's will is that he will lead us to places and spaces that we're not accustomed with, that we're not familiar with, that he will, have to, he will lead us to a place outside of our comfort zone. And that's really where our calling takes place. The calling that God has on your life will not take place inside your comfort zone. The, gong, the calling that God has on your life only takes place outside of your comfort zone. So if you're here tonight and you're saying, I want to be used by God, but I want to be able to happen by my routine and through my timing and by my schedule and within my comfort zone, I hate to break it to you, but your calling will always operate outside of your comfort zone. Because really, that's the only place that growth can take place. Growth can only take place once we decide to push past our current capacity to be able to grow to a whole new strength and a whole new uh, area that we didn't think we could before. Like, you don't go into the gym and say, I am going to lift air and not stress any muscle Stay within my comfort zone, but, ex but expect to become Arnold Schwarzenegger, whatever you want to say. But that's not how it works, right? You have to push your capacity for you then to find out where the new growth is. It's always outside of your comfort zone. So there will be times, because this is where I think we find Jonah, there will be times when God calls you to do something that it will feel like he is bringing you into a place that is outside of your comfortability, that's outside of your routine, and that's outside of really what you know to do. And so it will confuse you at times because you're saying, God, you're, you're calling me to do this. You're, you're, you're pulling me to go there, but God, I, I've never been there before. I, I've never done that before. And God's like, that's kind of the point, right? When I call you to something new, it's going to be something new for you. And, and that's where we find Jonah is that Jonah, he is... Uh, really, he, well, he's a prophet, he, and he has uh, been called by God to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is a city so far outside of his comfort zone. First of all, it's a pagan city. It's not, some, it's not a city where their people is dedicated towards God. It's, it's one of the largest cities of, in the world at that time. And, and so God's calling Jonah to go outside of his comfort zone, to go outside the place where he doesn't feel the same way, because I'm sure Jonah was saying to himself, God, I, I, I'm really comfortable doing your will where I'm comfortable, right? And he was comfortable being in Israel. He was comfortable being a prophet to the, to his, in his hometown. But God was calling him somewhere new. He was calling him to a place that was outside his comfort zone. And whenever God calls us, and brings us to a situation that is going to be outside of our comfort zone, we really have two choices. We can either stay in the same place, or we can follow after God's grace. Whenever God calls us out of where we've never been before, we, we can either say, God, you know what? I'm good. 
Thank you for the, you know, I, I, I like your opinion on life. Thank you for that, but I'm good. I'm going to stay where I'm at. Or we're going to say, God, I feel a calling on my life. I feel you pulling me to a place I've never been, but I'm going to trust that your grace is sufficient and that when I lean on you, you will make up the difference. And that's really the whole point of God calling us outside our comfort zone is that when he calls you to a space, to a place you've never been, you can't rely on your own strength once you're in that spot. When he, once he calls you to a season of life that you've never experienced before, you can't rely on past experiences to get you through. You say, God, this is new. This is, I have no idea. I can't rely on my strength. I can't rely on my know-how. I'm going to have to rely on you to get me through where you call me to go. And that's really the whole point of why God calls us outside our comfort zone, because that's what he wants, and that's what grace is. Grace steps in whenever we no longer have the strength to continue. God's grace steps in whenever we go outside our comfort zone. Whenever we go outside of what we're normally used to, when we go outside of what we've ever done, I, let me tell you this, Haley and I have experienced a lot, I don't, she's not here, I was looking at her front row, she's not there. Haley and I, she just walked in good. Haley and I have experienced a lot of God's grace during this new season of parenting, right? Because we couldn't rely on our own past experiences or know-how. We say, God, we're going to have to rely on you. And that's the point, and that's really why God has called us to these new areas of our life, is for us to rely on his grace. Because this is what I want us to think about when we think about God's grace, is that God's grace empowers, everybody say empowers, God's grace empowers us to accomplish his will. That's what God's grace does. God's grace, through his Holy Spirit, he empowers us to accomplish his will. So if any times he's calling you outside your comfort zone, anytime he has called you to do something that maybe it's outside of your capabilities or your know-how, well, that's why we rely on his grace, because then his grace steps in and empowers us to do things otherwise weren't able to do. Because on our own, let me tell you this, on our own, we cannot accomplish God's will. Have you ever tried that before? Like, you're like, God, I see where you're taking me. I don't need you anymore. I'm going to just do it on my own. It ain't going to happen, right? The only way you can accomplish God's will is by doing it his way, and that's through grace. And that's through God. I put up my hands and say, I'm falling after you wholeheartedly. I'm not going to try to do this on my own or, or by my own plans or thanking God. I want to follow after you and rely on your grace. And that's, that's an uncomfortable thing at times, right? For any of you perfectionists or 10-year planners or people who are like have to have everything perfect, right? It's a hard place to be to say, I don't have it all figured out. That's uncomfortable, right? I know I struggle with that at times. Like I, I, like it's uncomfortable to be, but let me tell you this. It's the safest place to be in your life. It's uncomfortable to be in a spot where you're saying, God, I have no idea. But on the flip side, it's the safest place to be because now you're not within your own hands. You're in God's hands. Now it's not up to you to find out how to get all this done. Now it's not up to you to find out how to, to, to put food on the table and to raise the kids and how to lead the business, whatever you're doing. Now it's no longer just up to you, but now God's grace steps in and your reliance on him. 
But God's will will lead us to, 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 to a place in life, most of the time, some of the times, where I think Jonah felt like he was leading to, where he felt uncomfortable, he felt unqualified, but most importantly, he felt out of place. He said, Jonah was saying, God, look, I'm a prophet for you to the people of Israel, to the Jewish nation. I'm not a prophet to you to speak to these pagan people. And we'll go deeper into the Ninevites later. But he, would, he, said, he said, this is out. This, I'm out of place in this area. I'm not, I don't feel qualified. I have no prior experience. You're calling me somewhere, God, where I don't know what I'm doing. And there's going to be times in our life, I'm sure we've all experienced this, where God's going to call you to a place where you have no idea what you're doing. But who's thankful that's where God's grace steps in? His grace is sufficient. His grace won't make a way where there seems to be no way. Because that's what God's grace is there for, is wherever we lack, God makes up the difference. So Jonah, we've all read this story. I'm sure we all know this story. I'm sure we've all been in, in, in kids' church through the message. Right? The most famous thing Jonah is known for is being swallowed by a fish, Right? That's the most famous thing he's known for. He probably has a bad rep, and, and you know, deservedly so, right? You know, you're a prophet, Jonah. Your one job is to listen to God. That's like your only job, and you didn't listen. But 2 Kings chapter 25 or 14 verse 25 actually talks about Jonah a little bit and gives us some insight and actually talks about how the prophet Jonah, that he was a, a very successful prophet, that he, was, he, he, did, he delivered many messages on the behalf of God to the people of Israel, and there was many miracle signs and wonders taking place. Like, like Jonah, in this point in his life, was an experienced prophet. This wasn't day one on the job for Jonah, okay? This Jonah, up to this point in his life, he is an experienced prophet. He has seen God's hand move. He has seen, really, the power of God accomplish many things, and he has seen and he has been successful as a prophet. And whenever God called Jonah, he instructed Jonah to go to Nineveh, which was 500 miles away to the east. But what did Jonah do? Instead of listening to God, which by the way, a prophet's only job, main job, is to listen to God and to say what he said. That's all you got to do. His one job was just to listen to God and communicate his message. Instead of listening to God, he turned his back on his will and went in the complete opposite direction to Tarshish, which was 2,500 miles uh, to the east, quite, or to the west, quite literally as far away from God's will as possible. That's where Jonah was going. It leads me to this question. How can a successful, experienced prophet of God who has seen God's hand move many times, who maybe you're saying, who maybe, who's been a Christian for many years, who's been in church for a long time, who has seen miracle after miracle, how can this man now turn his back on God and go in a complete opposite direction? How, how can this prophet, who has, who has seen so many things happen through God's power and provision, how can he all of a sudden hear his voice? He knows his voice. He's a prophet. Hear his voice, but for some reason not trust it and go in the opposite direction. I think if we don't manage, he was successful, right? If we don't manage success right, 
we can be convinced to the point to where we think it's because of our strength and not God's grace. We can get to a point, now, remember, this, this might be for people who've been in church for 30 years, 10 years, 5 years. You might be saying, hey, I'm an experienced Christian, all right? This is for experienced Christians. We can get to a point to where we're saying, hey, I've seen so many things. I've seen God's hand move so many ways. I've seen God move through me so many times. I kind of know what I'm doing now. And we can get to a point where we look back at past success and say, oh, maybe that's because of my intellect. Maybe that's because of my strength. Maybe that's because I've read the Bible so many times and I've, I've listened to so many podcasts. Maybe that's what happened. And we forget about where we were at the start, and that's relying on God's grace. Because if we're not too careful, we can begin to say it was by our own power, our own strength, our own intellect that these things happen. And here's where the danger is when that mindset comes into place. Is that when that mindset seeps in, whenever God calls you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone, you're going to be like, well, you know, I might know what's best. And you might even convince yourself that you don't even need to solely rely anymore on God's grace like you used to. Because, you, know, you know, that was for when I was an early prophet where I really didn't know what I was doing. Now I know what I'm doing. And you can be confused and you can become self-reliant on your own. But Zechariah 4.6 says this. Zechariah 4.6 says this. It says, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit. Everybody say the spirit. But by my spirit, says the Lord. This is what Zachari this is what God was telling Zechariah. Is that it's not by strength that we get his will done. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of God that we're able to do these things. And that's where grace steps in. Where grace steps in is that we have to be able to learn how to rely not on ourselves, but on the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to be able to empower us to do his will. This is point one for tonight is this, is that living by grace is to be spirit dependent. Everybody say dependent. Living by grace is to be spirit dependent, not self-sufficient. If there's a message, if there's something that the world and the culture tries to preach and teach to us, is that the greatest way for you to be successful is for you to become self-sufficient. The greatest way for you to find success in this world is for you to learn to rely on yourself and nobody else. They try, if there's something, the world will try to convince you of this. The more self-sufficient you are, the stronger you become. But it's not like that in the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven, the more we're able to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit and on his grace, the stronger we will become. Because whenever we try to lean on our own capabilities, on our own limitations, that's exactly what it's going to be. We're going to be limited. But when we say, God, I want not to lean on myself, but I want to lean on your grace, that's when we can go to a next level we're never seen nor dreamed nor thought we could go. Because that's what God's grace does for us. To operate under God's grace is when we rely on God more than we rely on ourselves. It's when we say, God, I want to be in a, in a place in my life. Now, I'm not saying that you need to throw up your hands and, and say, I, I'm not doing anything, God. You do it all. 
All right, that's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. It's saying, God, whenever I am following after you, I'm not going to just rely on my strength and my own abilities. I'm going to rely on your grace, on your power, and on your peace to get me through. Because if you just rely on yourself to get through God's will, it's not going to happen. But if you say, God, I'm not here alone. I'm not here by myself. I'm here by the empowerment of your Holy Spirit to do your will. And that's where God's grace steps in. And then it becomes this. Because this is the difference between us, sons and daughters of God, right? The church. This is the difference between us and everybody else. And you might remember this before, before, with your life before Jesus. For people who don't have Jesus on the inside of them, who don't have grace, whatever they are capable of is all they're capable of, Right? For people who, who are outside of grace, whatever capabilities they have, whatever strength they have, whatever intellect they have, whatever talent they have, whatever strength they have, whatever they have physically is all, all they will ever be able to accomplish. They will never be able to go beyond their capabilities. They will never be able to go beyond their strength. They will never be, all, be able to go beyond the physical limitation, the human limitations that we have. But here's the good news. Now, you and I, as sons and daughters of God, we're not just dependent and relied on our own capabilities no longer. Now we are able to lean into grace, and when we fall short, God steps in, and now we have the strength to push through. Now we have the peace to be able to abide. Now we're able to go beyond just what we're capable of. We can go further and further than we ever thought. I don't you, but I don't want to live a life limited I don't want to live a life so limited by my capabilities, limited by my own strength, that I'm not able to accomplish more and be able to do what God has called me to do. But when grace steps in, it's no longer about what our capabilities are. Now it's about who are we connected with. When grace steps in, it's not about, okay, well, now you're tired, now you're stressed, now you have anxiety, now you're worried, now you're fearful, now you have all these things. Well, guess what? You're stuck there, and you can't go no further. But when grace steps in and says, hold up, we're still limited, but now we're connected to God. And so now whenever we have anxiety, God's peace steps in. Now whenever we feel like our weakness and our strength is lacking, God's power steps in and pushes us to places we never thought. I don't know about you. There's been many times in my life I wanted to throw in the, in the towel and say, God, I give up. But then something began to abide on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, what I thought was impossible, I tapped into God's presence. God's grace steps in, and he made all things possible through him. And that's the only way we can accomplish his will is we can't be relying on ourselves. But we got to learn to be relying on him. And that's really where our access is, is that it's to our gain to give up control to God. It's to our gain to say, God, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I need to lean on you. It, it, it's to our advantage to say, God, I don't really know what is going on, but God, I'm reliant on you. It's to our advantage to say, Father, I, I, can't, I don't have it all figured out, but I know that you are going to lead me where I need to be. It's to our advantage to do that. Let us not be a child of God, but live a life not inheriting the power of God.
Let's not be Christians living this life, not reliant on the God that we serve. But let us be a group of people that say where our others fall short, I now have a strength on the inside of me that pushes me through, that pushes me further. God's grace steps in. And now what used to stress me out before Jesus, now I got peace somehow. I don't know how what it is. Guess what? That's grace. Well, now, now before Jesus, I used to cuss like a sailor, but now for some reason I don't. I don't know what, we got God's grace is stepping in. Hey, before Jesus, somebody would, would pull in front of me, and I would like, tailgate him for a mile and a half, but now I don't. What, hey, God's grace is stepping into your life. And here's the awesome thing. The more time you spend with the grace giver, the more grace you seem to acquire in your life. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more Jesus is going to be on you. more grace is going to be on you. And the more you're able to see, God, when you call me outside my comfort zone, I don't get scared no longer. I get excited because I know you got something great on the way. I know I'm going to be reliant on your grace. That's what God has called us to be. But as we continue the, the story now, Jonah's on a boat. John, Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. Jonah is on a boat. He is, is trying to escape the Lord. But verse 4 says this. It says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep. Everybody say asleep. Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. Have you ever been so stressed out and so anxious and so like, I don't know what to do, that the only thing you want to do is take a nap? Have you ever been there? Like, I have so many problems, I don't even want to think about it, I just want to sleep. Hey, there's still like, I, this still, Haley knows, there's sometimes like, babe, I need a nap. Ever been there? And you're just like, so overwhelmed, so feel like there's so many things, that you're such in a place that you don't even want to deal with it. You just want a time of this. You know what? The most peace I might find is this in my sleep. And that's where Jonah was. He was, just, he was trying to sleep through the storm. He was just trying to sleep through the, through the problems of his life, sleep through the, the things that were going on, trying to sleep through what he knows what he was not doing right. And he was just trying to sleep through it. And Jonah was such a, in a battle with himself that he tried to sleep away all of his responsibilities. And thought somehow magically he'd wake up and they'd be done. I'm going to go to sleep, I'm going to wake up, and the yard's going to be mowed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jonah thought he'd get to go to sleep and wake up and all his responsibilities be taken for. That's really where feeling sorry for ourselves or... That's really what it can lead us down to is we can begin to now self-sabotage ourselves because instead of addressing the issue, we're trying to avoid the issue. And Jonah, instead of listening to God, Scripture says he was trying to escape God. He's trying to escape responsibilities, escape all the things that's going on in his life. And he wasn't reliant on grace. Verse 6. It says, so the captain went down after him. He says, how can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. He said, get up. Everybody say, get up. Get up. Turn to your neighbor say, get up. Get up. Say, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us 
and spare our lives. Sometimes the greatest gift that grace can give us is wake us up. Sometimes the greatest gift, the greatest way that grace can step in is whenever you're going down a path where you shouldn't be going, whenever you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, whenever you're doing something then you know you're trying to escape the Lord somehow like Jonah and you're going the wrong direction, grace will say, wake up, get up. You're trying to sleep off your problems. You're trying to sleep through your responsibilities and grace will wake you up and get you back on track. And that's what point two for today is this. It's that God's grace will comfort us when we are in his will, but caution, everybody say caution, but God's grace will caution us when we, are, when we are out of it. Sometimes it takes a storm to wake us up. Sometimes it takes a storm to wake us up and say, God, I really can't do this on my own. Sometimes it takes a storm to say, hey, guess what, dummy? You gotta wake up and realize you're in the middle of a storm right now, and if you continue down this path, not only will this boat now sink, but you're gonna be in a place outside of my will, and guess what, God's, God's grace cannot take place outside of his will. And so God sent that storm to bring him back into his grace. God sent that storm, grace in the form of a storm, God sent that storm to say, hey, look, I want to bless you. I want to take care of you. I want to guide you. I want to give you strength. But I can't do that when you're outside of my will. So I need to bring you into my will so that way my grace can begin to abide in you. So that way my power can begin to work through you. That way my peace can begin to be all over you. There's times in our lives, I know I felt it before, where I was going in a direction where I shouldn't have, but thank you, God, for a storm to wake me up and for me to realize I'm going in the wrong direction, and God, I need your grace. And God brings us back in. See, it was to Jonah's benefit that God sent the storm. Because let me tell you this, if there was no storm, I bet you Jonah would have been like, see, smooth sailing. I knew I was right. I knew it was the right decision to not listen to God and go in the opposite direction and not go and preach to those Ninevites. I knew that was right. That's why sometimes a storm comes into our life is to wake us up and say, no, you're operating outside of grace right now. You're, you're, in, a, you're in a place where you shouldn't be right now. You're in a place to where you need to get back into the will of God so that way his grace can begin to lead you. There's times in our life, it might not feel like it then, but who knows, looking back, you say, thank you, Jesus, for not allowing me to go down that opportunity. It felt like a storm then, but now I know it was grace. Before, I thought, oh, God, I needed to do this. I was going down a path. I was going down this, and, and it felt like a storm then, but looking back, it was grace that let me not go down that path, Right? Say this, it was grace that so-and-so broke up with you, right? Looking back, looking back, you're like, man, when I was 15, that was a storm. But now I know that was God's grace. Now I know that it wasn't the right one. That person wasn't the right one for me. It was God's grace. Sometimes God's grace, you didn't receive that promotion you thought you needed. Because God had something better on the other side. 
That's why we have to say, I, I'm really thankful for God's yes, but sometimes I give him praise for the no's he's given me throughout the years. <laughs> say, God, thank you for not letting me go down that path. God, thank you for not letting me go, go in that. And God, thank you for sending what seemed like a storm, but I know it was your hand all along. I know you were protecting me and leading me and guiding me. Because whenever God tells you no, this, that's when you need to really get excited. Because when God tells you no, that means there's something better on the other side that he has for you. That means he says, hey, look, your, your plan's very cute, but no, because I have something way better for you. That's where God's grace steps in. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, better is on the way. Better is on the way. Jonah chapter 1, verse 12. So now Jonah, he's had this come to Jesus moment, right? They woke him up. He's in the storm. He gets woken up. He gets this realization. And he says this in verse 12. He says, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. He said, I know that this storm... He didn't say, hey, this storm is God's fault. He didn't say, hey, this storm is a coincidence. He didn't say, well, you know, I know I'm doing wrong, but this is just a happenstance storm. It doesn't mean, no, he said, no, this storm, this mess that I find myself in, this, these problems that I have, it's my fault. It's because of my actions. It's because of my decisions. It's because of what I did wrong that I find my place in this storm. And he hit that rock bottom. But sometimes it takes hitting that place of realization for grace to finally kick in. Sometimes it takes it for us to hit that place instead of us pointing fingers at everybody else. He could have pointed a finger at the captain and said, you should have known the weather. <laughs> he didn't point a finger at, at the Satan. He, he, said, he said, no, this is my fault. I'm in this area of my life. I have these problems because they're my fault. And whenever he was able to do that, that's when he was able to step into grace. He would say, God, look, I'm trying to do this on my own. I'm trying to do, but I, I acknowledge, I am acknowledging that I'm going down the, the wrong path. I'm acknowledging that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm acknowledging that God, and really what he was saying, he was saying, I'm sorry. And it took that place to get to that rock bottom. But here's what's awesome about God. God's grace can turn that rock bottom now into a launching pad. And now what was, we felt like was a, the rock bottom, God used that as a firm foundation to begin to build him back up again. And, he, and God began to, to lead him again and the storm calm. And that's really, the, that's really a word of encouragement for anybody who feels broken or at the rock bottom tonight. If you feel like you have made so many mistakes and that you're in so many problems and issues, the greatest place to be, say, you know what? All the blame doesn't deserve on anybody else but me. And once you reach that place, guess what? God can begin to build up again. God's grace steps in. And now you can look back and say, I am not built by myself. I've been built by God. I've been built by grace. God's grace has stepped in. And now you can look back and remember where you were and thank God for where you are now. That's where God's grace steps in. we got to be in that place where we're so 
excited, so frantic. We're saying, God, I, I need more of you. I need your grace in my life. That God's grace isn't just for us when we're, when we're baby Christians. God's grace isn't just for us when we're just figuring things out. And after that, we now can rely on all the Bible verses we memorized. And we can look back at all the church services we attended and say we've made it. No, God's grace is supposed to be there every step along the way. And let's never be to a place where we think we've outgrown God's grace. But let us be a place that God, no, I need more of you today than I did yesterday. And guess what? The day after that, I'm going to need more of you. And the day after that, even more than before, no, God, I need more of you day after day after day. I need more of your grace. I need more of your peace. I need more of your joy. I need your direction today. And that's being, that's being relied on God. Say, God, no, I, need, I don't need less of you. I need more of you. God, I don't have things figured out. No, God, your plan is still a mystery to me, and I'm still leaning on you to, to find the footing and rely on his grace. Come on, if you're thankful for God's grace, give him a shout of praise tonight. So if you know the story of Jonah, then you know that God, once he gets thrown overboard, right, God sends a fish. The fish swallows Jonah, and for three days... He's in the belly of fish, and then the fish spits out Jonah uh, on the shores of Nineveh. And I think that was the, that was the earliest Uber that ever existed. <laughs> right? God just transported him to where he's supposed to be. And he gets to the, to the land of Nineveh. And here's the thing about Nineveh. Is that Nineveh was a Gentile city. It wasn't a part of God's people. It wasn't a part of of God's promised land and not only that but the people of Nineveh which was the 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 capital of Assyria the people of Nineveh they have killed and have oppressed thousands and thousands and thousands of Israelites in the past that he is now on the shores of a place where he definitely feels out of place he is now on the shore shores of a place where there is no friend in any distance here around him, there, that there's nobody that he knows. He's in a place that is so, he feels so out of place in Nineveh. And look, this is what, this, this will give you a picture of what Nineveh was like. Nahum chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, talks about Nineveh for a little bit. And you're, you're going to begin to see why Nineveh is such an awesome place. This is what scripture says about Nineveh. It says, what a sorrow awaits Nineveh. The city of murder and lies. She is crammed with wealth and is never without victims. Hear the crack of whips, the rumble of wheels, horses' hooves pound and chariots clatter wildly. See the flashing swords and the glittering spears as the charioters charge past. There are countless casualties and heaps of bodies. So many bodies that people stumble over them. Is anybody going to um, vacation in Nineveh this year? <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to go. Doesn't sound like a welcoming place. Nobody's going to put that, get an Airbnb in Nineveh. But this is where Jonah now finds himself at. He's now in a place where he's so, where, where he's so uncomfortable. He's now at a place where... He, he, he doesn't know anybody. And not only that, he is surrounded by so many enemies. Worship team, you can join me. 
He is surrounded by so many enemies who literally oppress his people. I heard a good analogy of what it was like for Jonah to go to Nineveh. They said, compare it to as a Jewish man during World War II, compare it to as, as if God approached and, and, and spoke to this Jewish man who lived in New York and said, hey, I am, I am wanting you to go and preach to the, to, to the Nazis in Germany. Get in a plane and fly over there. That's, that was the same type of question and analogy where Jonah was going. He was going to a place where he was not belong. He was going to a place where he had no friends. He was going to play so far outside his comfort zone. I'm sure he was fearing for his life. Where so many people, I'm sure family and friends, have been killed by the hands of these people. Jonah felt really out of place going to Nineveh. There's going to be many times in our life where God calls us, but we're going to feel out of place. Where God calls us to start that business, we're going to say, God, I, I, I've never started a business before. I feel out of place. God's going to call you to say, hey, I want you to witness to your, to your coworker and tell him your testimony. We'll say, well, God, I, I've never done that before. I, I feel out of place doing that. Or God saying, no, I, I want, I'm going to call you to, to, to go to your neighbor and, and, and be kind to them. And you say, no, I feel out of place. I don't do that. I, that's out of my routine. That's out of my comfort zone. That's not who I am. That's not what I've done before. There's going to be many times where we're going to feel out of place. But who's thankful for God's grace? Here's point three. It's that God graces us where he places us. God graces us where he places us. Wherever God has placed you, that's where he has graced you. Wherever God has placed you, simply put, that's where he's graced us for. If God has placed you to be a parent, then Thank God you have been graced to be a parent, amen? If God has placed you to be a manager or a small business owner, wherever God has placed you, if God has led you there, if God has placed you there, then God has graced you there. God told Jonah, he said, Jonah, I'm calling you to Nineveh. I'm calling you to a place where they killed, they have killed your neighbors, where they have killed your friends, where they have killed your family members. I'm sure I'm calling you to this place. And, and Jonah at first said, hey, God, I, that's out of place for me. Go call somebody else, right? That's out of place for me. I, that's not where I belong. That's outside of my comfort zone. And that's, that's not really where I thought I would go. And, but Jonah finally made up his mind. God delivered him to Nineveh. And Jonah ministered to the people of Nineveh. And scripture says that 120,000 people repented to God. He went to a place where he was out. He went to a, to a, a country where he was out of place. He, he went to an appointment. He went to a calling. He went to an assignment from God where he felt out of place. But he was still under grace. And here's the story of Jonah. You don't have to be perfect to still step into God's grace. 
Because if the story was, well, Jonah obeyed God every step along the way, and that's why he had his grace. Jonah quite literally went in the opposite direction. But even though Jonah turned his back on God's will, God still gave him grace to get back in. Even though Jonah turned his back on where God has called him to go, he's, God still gave him the grace to, to follow after him. And let me encourage you with this. You might be saying, well, Pastor CG, I've turned my back on so many things that I know God has called me to. Let me encourage you, it's not too late for God's grace. It's not too late for God's grace to empower you, to lead you, to take you back to the, to the, to the place of life where you know you should be, and God's going to grace you for it. And Jonah trusted God after many mistakes. He trusted God, and because of that, 120,000 were saved. Whenever the enemy tries to convince you that you're unqualified, that you're out of place, that you're unable, that you're not capable, you got to remind him of God's grace. And say, well, no, 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 no. You don't understand. God has led me here. God has placed me here. So therefore, God has graced me here. No, I, I, know, I know God has led me to pick this degree or to, be the, to be, follow after this career path. So if God has led me here, if God has placed me here, then God has graced me for it. And I'm not going to be, be convinced that I am not qualified. I'm not going to be convinced that I'm not capable. I'm not going to be convinced that I'm not able because I'm not relying on myself anyways. I'm relying on God's grace. I'm relying on his power. I'm relying on his peace. I'm not relying on my capabilities. Now I'm dependent on grace. And whenever we just follow after God's grace and say, you know, I turn back every lie, every, every anxiety, every fear that tries to tell me that I'm not, I'm not, I'm, that tries to tell me I'm not a good business owner, or tries to tell me I'm not a good parent, or tries to tell me I'm not a good friend, or not, tries to tell me that I'm not good enough. No, 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 hold up. God's grace is sufficient for me. And if God has placed me here, then God has graced me for it. If God has placed me here, then God has graced me for it. And I know that I can accomplish it because I know that God's grace is sufficient. Come on, if you believe that, give him a shout of praise. Stand to your feet. I'm closing tonight. I want to close with a scripture in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. reads this in verse 9 let's talk about Jesus the Jesus who has saved us and called us everybody say call who has saved us and called us with his holy calling not according to our works saying that God doesn't call us to follow after our own ambitions God calls us to follow after his that God doesn't call us to follow after our own plan. No, God calls us to follow after His. So that He's called us, and not according to our works, but according to His own purpose. Everybody say purpose. To His own purpose and grace. Everybody say grace. To His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Say, so when God calls you, He doesn't call you to follow after your own purpose he has now called you to follow after his but here's the good news the good news is that where God calls you 
where he has put a purpose on your life, he has graced you to, to accomplish that purpose. The good news is if God has called you to start that business, then he has graced you to start that business. The good news, if God has called you to begin to step up and begin to serve more in church or begin to step up in your, in your accountability and to go to the next level, guess what? If God has called you to do that, then he has graced you for it. God graces us for his purpose. There's a closing thought for tonight and we're going to sing and just allow God's spirit to do what he does best. But here's the closing thought for tonight. Closing thought for tonight is this. We are graced by God to fulfill his purpose and calling for our life. We are graced. Everybody say grace. We are graced by God to fulfill his purpose and calling for our life. That now, that simple mindset now combats every lie. That simple mindset now combats every insecurity. That simple mindset now combats anything that the enemy tries to convince you of. You can say, hold up, hold up. No, where God has called me, where God has purposed me, that's where God has graced me. So I'm not going to listen about how I'm too weak. I'm not going to listen about how I'm too inexperienced for God's will. I'm not going to listen how I'm not capable to accomplish God's will. No, if God has called me to it, if God has placed me there, then God has graced me there. Then God has given me the power there. Then God has given me the peace there. Then God has given me the joy there. God has given me the wisdom there. God has given me the knowledge there. God has given me all that I need. If all we have is grace, then we have all that we need. Come with every hand lifted. Let's just begin to pray right now. Father, we stir up your spirit. God, right now, if there's any limitations, if there's any barriers, if there's any insecurities, if there's anything that we have felt that has been holding us back, God, we break that right now. And we step into your grace. We step into your spirit. We step into your anointing. We step into your calling. Let the power of God begin to arise. Let the power of God begin to lead. Let the power of God begin to break the yoke. Let the power of God begin to take us to a place where you've graced us for. And God, if there's any storms, if there's anything that's holding us back, if we're on the wrong path or making the wrong decisions, God, we are sorry. Forgive us. We repent. But God, now we're back on track with your will. We're back on track with your grace. We're back on track with your purpose. And we say, let your grace lead us. Let, let your power lead us. And let your Holy Spirit work on the inside of us. Come on, let's sing together. While with every hand lifted, just begin to sing. If you feel like you're lacking strength right now, begin to sing to Him. If you're lacking direction right now, begin to sing to Him. If you're lacking peace right now, just begin to sing, sing to Him. Begin to believe. Begin to be thankful for it. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.